Would you pray with me? Let's pray. God, tonight, we thank you that you are our God. Aren't you thankful? Come on, aren't you thankful that he is your God? Oh, man, I'm so thankful that... I'm so thankful that my God uh, is, is Jesus Christ, and he's really good. Isn't he really good? You know, he could, he could come and, 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 just, and just slam us on the head uh, rightfully, uh, but he loves us so much. God, I thank you that you're so good. And God, I thank you for your son, Jesus. And God, I pray for every heart and every person and every individual that is under the sound of my voice. That, God, that you would grab every heart by your spirit. And, Lord, that you would draw them to yourself. God, that you would call them. You would reveal yourself to them. And, God, that we would all, with one heart, come to a place of the knowledge of Jesus Christ by faith in him. Lord, I pray for those who don't know you, that they would come to know you tonight. I pray for those who have some measure of knowing of you, that they would know you even more and more. God, I pray that your son Jesus would be glorified and magnified, that everything else would be small and Jesus would become great tonight in our eyes and in our hearts. Magnify yourself inside of us tonight, Lord God. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray that your truth would prevail. We bind every yoke of bondage that, is, that it brings fear and toxic shame and condemnation, that God, your people would be released and set free to walk in relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to read a passage real quick out of John chapter 6. If you've got a Bible, you can go to John chapter 6. John chapter uh, 6. How's school been going? Anybody enjoying school so far? How many are you saying, I am just so glad I'm going to school? Man. How many are so glad to be here tonight? You know, I just need to tell you something. Can I tell you something? It's about Moose's tooth, but let's, let me just tell you something real quick. Something happened this week. It was really sad. Uh, can I tell you what that was? Let me, t- let me just sit down here for a minute. It's a really sad story. Uh, it's just sad. I don't even know where to sit. I just feel, I just feel awful. I'm hanging out with my friend uh, James. Oh, I shouldn't have said his name. <laughs> James Bilt. And uh, great guy. Great guy. And we're hanging out, and, and, he, and he mentioned something that just hurt me. The Bible talks about grieving the Holy Spirit. I think this was, came close to that. Uh, at least it grieves my spirit, if not the Holy Spirit. But uh, it didn't grieve the Holy Spirit, but definitely grieved mine. He said, you know, I, 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 I respect you for your love for Moose's Tooth, but, but I just, I, I, just uh, I don't know what else to get there. You know, after a while, pizza just gets old. And, uh, and at first I thought, the devil is a liar, you know? Uh, but, then I, but then I had a second thought. My second thought was, well, that's okay. In my thought, I'm thinking, well, that's okay. There's other food you can eat. You don't have to get, you know, uh, pizza. And then the next thing he says is, you know, like, if you don't want pizza, like, what else is there to eat? And I went, well, bro, <laughs> let me tell you about some, uh, some, some wings. Uh, let, let me tell you about some salads. And, and let me tell you about some sandwiches. And, uh, and as I was, thanks, Drew, I really appreciate it, bro. It might feel good. As I was telling him this, he says this. He says, yeah, but a sandwich, I mean, how good can a sandwich can be? I said, bro, I said, bro, you can get the superhero. This is important tonight. Listen, you can get the superhero. It's pretty much a meat lover's sandwich, and you dip it in a bunch of ranch, and it just does something to you that just nothing else does. It's just amazing. And, uh, and I said, bro, and if you don't want that, get the turkey. Just plain old turkey, you know, with some lettuce and some tomatoes and, and just some, some, I think the mozzarella or marinara cheese. I don't even know. It's mozzarella cheese and you can dip it in mozzarella and it's just crazy. Uh, or you can dip it in marinara with a mozzarella. I'm just, all those mozzarella marinara is crazy. <laughs> uh, and I'm saying this to him and then, and then it dawned on me. He doesn't know. And I think 
most of us tonight, can we please turn on some more? How I can't see out in the in the foyer. This or in the in the foyer, I can't see in the bathroom. No, can this some house lights further back? I can't see some people. Thank you. Uh, and it dawned on me, this guy doesn't know that you can take any pizza and make it into a sandwich. And I and I told. I told him, and he just about lost it. He got so excited, and I pray he's there right now. You know, maybe he's there just eating away moose tooth. But anyway, you there, John chapter 6? John chapter 6. So as, as, you, as we're talking about food tonight, because we're talking about food tonight, as we're talking about food tonight, just if you feel any inclination to go to moose's tooth, just know that they don't just have pizzas and, 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 and salads. They also have sandwiches, and you can take any pizza and make it into a sandwich. Isn't that just amazing? I mean, the options are just, just overwhelming. Okay, John chapter 6. Let me set the stage. You like it when I set the stage? I'm going to set the stage. So this is the stage. Jesus just got done a chapter before healing somebody. Say, whoa! Guy was at a pool of Bethesda for quite a while. <laughs> Light, light's going crazy. Uh, just for effect, just for effect. Uh, this guy's been at the pool for 30-some years. Uh, Jesus sees him there and says, hey, do you want to get well? The guy's like, yeah, you know, nobody ever helps me. Jesus like, get up, take your bed and walk. Boom, the guy got healed. People are like, how did you get healed? And he says, this guy, Jesus. So people started hearing that, hearing that Jesus healed this guy. And so Jesus starts having just tons of people wanting to be around him. I'd want to be around somebody that healed somebody who'd been lame for 30-some years. And so Jesus is having a lot of people follow him, and, and uh, it, we come on to John 6. The Bible says he climbs a mountain in verse, in verse uh, I think it's in verse 3, that uh, Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. So here we have Jesus, just got down healing some people. He's in some ways trying to get away from the people because they're trying to like, they're mobbing him. And so he climbs up on a mountain. Well, in this same time, in this same uh, uh, hour, there's a feast that's coming. It's the feast of the Passover. And we don't have to get into all the details of that. But pretty much it was a Jewish feast where they celebrated where God passed over the firstborn of the ch- uh, children of God when God killed all the firstborn in Egypt because they wouldn't let the people of God go. And so th- this is a celebration where they celebrated and thanked God for not doing that. He passed over their sins. And so it was a time of celebration. So in this time of celebration, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of Jews that are spread all over the known world that come to Jerusalem to celebrate this feast because God didn't kill them but God did kill hundreds of firstborn thousands of firstborn in Egypt you following me so in this time there are literally thousands and thousands of Jews who normally are not there and they're here gathered in Jerusalem Jesus just healed somebody he's climbing a mountain and the next verse says Now the Passover, feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him. So, so here's a picture. Jesus climbing a mountain. He's with his disciples. And he sees this great multitude. There's probably thousands. They're hearing about Jesus it's from other parts of the world. And they're like, man, we got to go see this Jesus. So they literally climbed this mountain to see Jesus. Things that people do when they really want something. So they climbed this mountain. Story goes, you guys know the story. The Bible says he feeds 5,000 men, right? And the Bible is telling us there's 5,000 men, but it doesn't tell us how many women and children there are. So they estimate between anywhere between 10 and 20,000 people that were fed. Well, what's the story? They all get up there. They don't have food. Jesus looks at Philip and says, how are we going to feed these people? And, 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 and uh, Philip goes, well, uh, actually, uh, it's going to take like six to eight months of like wages to buy enough food to feed all of these people. I don't know how we're going to do that. And Andrew goes, I got an idea. <laughs> he sees this toddler, innocent bystander, just on a trench, enjoying his hike up a mountain to spend time with Jesus. But when this kid leaves home, he grabs five barley loaves and two fishes. True story. But let's just, let's just get, we've got, we got to get context. You with me? 
These barley loaves are the cheapest type of bread that anybody can have. A barley loaf were only loaves of bread that the cheapest, sorry, I'll say this way, the most poor people ate. It was a cheap flour that they would use to make their bread, barley. And when the bread was finished and cooked and done, it was the size of a Twinkie. And so barley loaves were just little pieces of bread for little people like this little boy who was just out wanting to see Jesus. And he had his five barley loaves. And then he had two fishes. Well, the crazy thing is these fish were like sardines. They were teeny, and they were only used to add flavor to his dry bread. And so the Bible says he had five Twinkies. And two minnows. Andrew had a horrible idea. Because he walks up to him and goes, 15,000 people. Hey, Jesus, this guy's got uh, some bread and some fish. Uh, But I don't know how the heck he's going to feed all these people. And Jesus is like, perfect. Bring him over here. Come here, kid. You know, and he grabs the kid and takes the bread. The Bible says he gives thanks for the five Twinkies and the seasoning. <laughs> and the Bible says that everybody ate and were filled. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? I don't know how it worked, you know. Maybe just every time he reached in and pulled out, another one just appeared. And the Bible says so much. Everybody ate and were filled, and there's 12 baskets left over at the end. People are going crazy because the Jews are going, this is the guy that Moses talked about. This is the prophet. This is the one. We, we got to make him king. And so they get all excited and they start literally trying to pick him up and carry him away because they're thinking about a, uh, an earthly king. They're trying to call him as their president and be like, you're, you're the next Barack Obama. We got to make you our king. So they're all, Jesus runs. And the Bible says here in John uh, 6, uh, 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 15, therefore when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. So who knows, he ran into another mountain and went and got alone. Story goes on, disciples get into a boat, they cross over the Sea of Galilee, Jesus is up on the mountain, a storm comes brewing, Jesus walks down onto the water, because that's just what we do when we're humans, right? He starts walking across the water, he, 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 the disciples see him like, oh my gosh, it's a ghost, and Jesus says, it's not a ghost, it is I. And they're like, oh, it's you. And then they receive into the boat, and immediately they appear at the other side of the land. And people are like, Jesus, when, when the disciples got in the boat, you weren't in the boat. How did you? And then we pick up in verse 22. You following me? That's, that's the stage. We pick up in verse 22. On the following day, the people who were standing on the other side of the sea, blah, 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 they asked Jesus, verse 25, Rabbi, when the heck did you get here? And then Jesus says this. Verse 26, Jesus answered them and said, most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled with Twinkies. Sorry. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? In other words, Jesus says, don't labor for the Twinkies. Labor, work, okay, you hearing me? Work for food that is, gives you eternal life. You following me? Jesus said, look, stop working for something that's going to perish. Work for that which will give you eternal life. Amen. And so they say, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? And it says this, this is the work of God, we sang it tonight, that you would believe in him whom he, the Father, sent. This, this is the context. Okay, you gave the food. They come to Jesus. And they go, Jesus, we're here, we're looking for you, and we're really, really excited 
to be here, but how did you get over here? And Jesus ignores it and just goes to the next point and he goes, look, the only reason why you're coming to me is because I gave you what you wanted, not because you want me. He says, you work so hard for this perishable food. You should work really hard for the food that gives you eternal life. Now, what the heck does that mean? Oh, okay, Jesus. And so what do they think? They think naturally. Okay, so, there's, so you're telling me there's bread that if I eat it, I'll never die. And that's what they said. They say, well, give us that bread always, they said. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And he who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you don't believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the ones who come to me I will by no means cast away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that all of those whom he has given me, I shall lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Jesus says, I am the bread of life goes on down to verse 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him at the last day. He talks about how you can't come to Jesus unless Father first puts the desire in your heart to come to him. And then he goes on to verse 50. Let's jump to verse 50. We're kind of skipping around here because we don't have time to get into everything. But he says verse 50, This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Verse 57. All as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. Anybody want that bread? We're in a series. The series is The Real Jesus. Anybody want to know who the real Jesus is? We're, at, we're in a heart pursuit as a youth ministry to find out who is this Jesus. Because we believe that if we find out who this Jesus is, there will arise inside of us a passion to trade our life for this Jesus. We believe that if anybody encounters this Jesus for who he really is, their life will never be the same. Does anybody, does anybody believe that? If you really encounter and engage with and, and, and bleh, be with the real Jesus... They'll never be the same. And so, so last week, the first week, uh, a couple weeks ago, Andrew talked about uh, Jesus and who he is in your darkest hour. And this last week, I talked about uh, how God, Jesus, is the redeemer of, of ordinary uh, lives, and he redeems it to extraordinary things. And that God doesn't want you to list, list just to live an ordinary life, but God really wants you to live an extraordinary life walking in step with him. And tonight, we're talking about Jesus, the bread of life. Bread of life. What the heck does that mean? And so that's been my heart to find out what, did, so who is Jesus? That's the question. When the Bible says that he is the bread of life, who is he? And what is it saying about him? Jesus is trying to remember, remember, Jesus is trying to tell us who he is. He really, 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 really badly wants to know who he is so that when you approach him, you approach him as who he really is, not as you might think that he is. God really wants to know that you know who he is, and not that you know who he is, but that you know him personally and intimately. And so Jesus says in the New Testament, in the Gospel of John, seven different statements about him being the I am. Seven different times he says I am. And to us that means nothing. But to them as Jews back then, Jesus was saying that by saying I am, he was saying that he was God. 
Because in Exodus chapter 3, when Moses encountered the burning bush, you heard the story of the burning bush, right? And Moses said, who shall I say sent me? And God said to Moses, tell them that I am sent you, which is in the Hebrew, Yahweh. Tell them that Yahweh sent you. Yahweh is simply saying, tell him that the I am of I am the God who is above everything and over everything and meets your every need and demand and desire. That God who is the creator of the universe, the God Yahweh, the only Lord God, tell, tell them that I have sent you. And so when Jesus says, I am, he's saying much more than what meets the eye. He's saying, first of all, you must understand that I am God. But I am God expressing myself as the bread of life. So what is the bread of life? Because I want to know. I want to know who this... Jesus is and why does he call himself the bread of life well if you study the context in Exodus remember what happens with the children of Israel they're taken out of Egypt right and what happens Moses strikes the water they go through the sea right and they come out on the other side and very quickly in, in chapters 15 through 17 and even 18 the Bible says that these these followers these Jews start complaining and grumbling and complaining that that they don't have enough food, they don't have enough water, and God is bringing them out here to die. They were testing God, the Bible says. And at this moment, God could have said, well, I'm going to, because of their sin, kill them all. Because God rightfully could have done that, right? Do we believe that? God is the righteous judge, and they were sinning, and God has the right ability to kill them. But do you know what God does? Yeah, you do. You've heard the story. The Bible says that God sent manna from heaven, and it came down and fed the people. And then God sent a wind from the south, from the east, from the west, and from the north to blow thousands and thousands of quail for them to eat meat. And so when Jesus says, I am the bread from heaven, he's saying much more than I'm a Twinkie. What Jesus is trying to tell us is that I could have come into this world to judge you and send you to hell. I could have come into this world to tell you that you are nothing and that you're just a sinner and that we have nothing and want nothing to do with you. I could have rightfully judged you and sent you to hell. Because you're a sinner. But Jesus says, I am that bread that came from heaven the same way the bread came from heaven to feed those Jews. I am the same type. I am a personification of life on earth for you. See, I can come and destroy you, but I choose to come and give you life. I have not come to condemn you. I have not come to cast you away. I have not come to judge you. If you don't believe in me, you're already judged. But if you believe in me, you have eternal life. Jesus is saying something very, very simple. He's saying, I have come. That every hunger and every desire and every longing and every hope and every need that you have in your heart that causes you to, to, to labor and to work to fill those spiritual soul hungers. I am that bread. I am that life to meet your every need. You have a need to be seen. If you fellowship with me, I meet that need. You have a need to be heard. and You really, really want somebody just to hear what you're trying to say. If you just come and believe in me, I take care of that thing. If you have a need for intimacy and relationship and you have a longing for intimate relationship, I am the bread of life. 
And I meet your every hunger and your every need and your every longing and your every desire. I meet your everything. Whatever you need, it's not what necessarily I have to give you. It's who I am that meets that need. It's not necessarily that God wants to give you something to meet that need. It's God is saying, Jesus is saying, I am personally, individually, the one, if you know me and you believe in me, I meet your every need. It's not what I can give you. I am. He didn't say I have. He didn't say I have the bread of life, did he? Does it say that? Did it say, did it say, you know, I have this good stuff. You know, I cooked up some, some grits. Put some butter on it. He said, he said something that, that none of us can ever say. Now, you can say, you know, I have some life to give you, brother. I, you know, I have something I can, I can give you, and it will make you feel better. But Jesus is the only one that can say, I am the bread of life. So that's who Jesus is. Jesus is the one that meets you every need. Gabriel, I already, I already know that. Well, the problem is, is we treat God as a genie, and we try to find out what we can get from him, and we forget that he is what we need, not what he has. And so if you're not hearing me tonight, I'll say it again. It's not what Jesus has that you need. It's who Jesus is that you need. It's not what Jesus has that you're longing for. It's who Jesus is that you're longing for. If you feel lonely, it's the person of Jesus Christ that meets that need of loneliness. If you feel insecure, it's the person of Jesus Christ as you believe in him and engage your heart with him that he meets that need. It's not necessarily what he can give and pour out to you. It's you just knowing him that meets your every need. See, you were made to know Jesus Christ. And you were made to know God the Father. And you were made to know the Holy Spirit. You were made for the very purpose of knowing God and walking with Him in the cool of the day and talking with Him and listening to Him. And my God, when you're with Him, God, yes, He gives you what you need. But it's as you're with Him. We have minimized God to a genie in a bottle that gives us things when we're struggling. And we have missed the whole purpose of who Jesus is for us. He says, I am that bread. Come to me. And as you fellowship with me and know me, you'll never hunger again. And you won't thirst again. And every heart desire you have will be met and every need will be met, and every longing will be met, and every hope that will ever this be met. I find myself in this story. Do you find yourself in this story? I do. I find myself as a bunch of people that are really hungry. I find myself as a little boy who has a little bit of food, it doesn't really taste very good, and I hope nobody takes it from me. I, I find myself as an individual who's following after Jesus and climbing up mountains and getting kind of weary. To sum it up, I find myself spiritually from the people who biologically are hungry. As they are from their natural stomachs hungry, I find myself as one who is spiritually desperate for life. Does anybody else find themselves in that way? Come on, does anybody else find themselves in that way? But the truth is, we're right there in the midst of the story. Jesus says, you seek me not because of who I am, but because of what I gave you. That, that's, that's us. 
We care more about the love of God and the joy of God and the grace of God and the peace of God and the patience of God and the self-control of God and the goodness of God and the kindness of God and how he can give those things to us so that we can be better people than we do about knowing God himself. What's wrong with knowing about the love of God? It's, it's good. It's really important to know about the love of God and to receive the love of God. But it's not about that. It's about you knowing the, who God is. I find myself in the story when Jesus says this. Do not labor for the food which perishes. Do not labor for the food that perishes. This is what he's saying. Don't work for food that doesn't really help you and nourish your soul. You know what that looks like? We work really hard as human beings to meet the need of our soul. For girls, we work really hard because I'm a girl. For girls, girls work really hard depending on their relationship with their dad and their relationship with their father in heaven. They work really hard to get attention from that guy. They work really hard to wait for a text message and every time they get a text message, like, oh, there it is. Oh, and he sent a smiley face. My God! And when I mean by working hard, I mean we'll do crazy things to get that attention. Guys, you're not excused because it's the same thing for guys too. And that attention from that girl. We'll do crazy things, you know. Oh, sorry, I accidentally called you. <sighs> oh, did I text you? I didn't mean to. How are you doing today? Or we send out mass text messages and hope that they might respond. Oh, hey, I'm so glad you responded. What are you doing right now? <laughs> she doesn't even know. Yeah, she does, actually. <laughs> yeah, moron. No. We work really hard for food that perishes. Don't, don't beat yourself up if you're somebody who's really hungry. Just know you're really human. Don't beat yourself up if you know you're really lonely. Just know that you're really human. Don't beat yourself up because you really long for intimate relationship. Just know that you're really human and the only one that can meet that human need is in Jesus Christ alone. I find myself in that story because I find myself working and working and working so much to just get life. To meet a need. Man, it, it, can, be, it can be from doing drugs to drinking to, to sex before marriage to masturbation to lying, to stealing, whatever it takes, whatever I can do, whatever I can do, I'll do it. I'm not saying me, I'm speaking to us as humans. He robs banks? No. God. I have. No, I'm just kidding. You call me Billy the Kid. <laughs> That's sick. Okay. I'm saying us as humans. Brother, thank you. Whoever that was, praise God. It is in the past. You know, I'm not going to prison for robbing that bank. Just kidding. It wasn't anymore, but now you're going to tell on me. Thanks, man. We call those tattletales. <laughs> I find it myself as a human being that really, really, really wants to meet every need in my heart. You hear what I'm coming on? Can you, can you relate with me for a minute? Because I feel kind of lonely up here. I'm just trying to be real. And I, 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 I know that I'm, I'm, being, I'm being kind of broad. And I know that the, the subjects can be... Uh, uh, the subjects of things that we work for are humongous and astronomical, whether it be physical appearance and how I really want to get somebody to look at me or whether it be just somebody saying hi to me. I mean, it, could be, it could be a vast majority of things. But Jesus says, if you eat of me and if you partake of me, you won't hunger again and you won't thirst again. And then he says this crazy thing. He says, as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds, and that word feeds means to continue, to feed on me, will live because of me. This bread which came down from heaven, and not, not as your fathers ate and died, he who eats this bread, who he eats me, 
live forever. Now, Gabriel, okay, I get it. Jesus is the bread of life. I'm the one that's the loser and don't have life in myself, and I need this life. So what do I do? And that's the question. Because I think we all know Jesus is everything, right? Man, we all know that we're nothing except his beloved children he loves dearly, but in and of ourselves, we're nothing. So how do I reconcile the difference? Like, how do I deal with this thing about, okay, he's everything, and I need everything that he's got. What do I do about this? Jesus tells us. Isn't that good? Oh, man. That's what he says. Do not labor. Say labor. Say work. My God, say work. Okay. Do not labor. Do not work for the food which perishes. Say perish. But for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? This is the work of God, Jesus says, that you believe in him whom he sent. Okay, Gabriel, I believe, but I'm not, I still have these hungers and I'm still thirsty. I know it's because we don't understand what that word believe really means. I believe in God. I really do, man. I believe in marijuana too, dude. Dude. (laughs) Believing in Jesus, as he's talking about, is different than the way you believe in Santa Claus when you're three years old. Because you can't engage with Santa Claus, but when God asks you to believe in Jesus, he's saying engage with Jesus Christ. This word believe does not mean some fantasy, mystical belief where I go, oh, I know you're up there somewhere, and I uh, uh, believe you're there, and I'm saved now, praise God. That's not what he's talking about. This word belief, when Jesus spoke this word belief and faith. It was a dualistic word. As James says in James chapter 2, he says what? What does he say? Faith without works is dead. Oh great, the preacher's preaching about works. Yeah, because I'm going to straighten some minds up because my mind's been straightened this past week. Do you know that you're supposed to work There's some hesitation there. There's two different kind of works. There's my works and there's his works. You with me? My works are only selfish. My works are only sinful. My works are laziness. My works are backbiting. My works are gossiping. My works are slandering. My works are adultery, so on and so forth. Those are my works. Anybody can relate with those works? Anybody relate with those works? So when the Bible tells us to stop our works and to do his works, then we understand when Jesus says, this is the work of God that you believe in him. What is he saying? He's saying, engage your heart with the person of Jesus Christ. And that doesn't look like you sitting in your butt acting like you believe. That looks like you actually passionately pursuing the person of Jesus Christ. There is a work for you to do. Why? Why why can you say that, Gabriel? Ephesians 2.10. You are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Created in Christ Jesus. That he prepared in advance for you to do. So you're telling me I'm supposed to work. Yes. I'm telling you that when you spend time with Jesus, he works in you. And when he works in you, you can work through him. Well, let's just back it up. Let's just keep it simple. Let's keep it simple. There is a work for us to do. Do you want to know what it is? There's a labor for you to do. Does anybody want to know what it is? Jesus used the same word labor for eating perishable food, perishable food, 
for eating perishable food as the labor that he used when he said eating eternal life food. You with me? And when he talked about laboring for perishable food, he talked about them climbing up a mountain and sitting down and eating food. And so when Jesus says labor and work for the relationship with me, what Jesus is saying is, you got to climb a mountain and you got to deny yourself because yourself doesn't want me. And you got to push away your natural inclinations and your selfish desires and you got to press through and press on until you get a hold of me. And until you come to that place of fellowship and intimacy with me, you're still going to be hungry and you're still going to be thirsty. Megan, can you play what you were playing earlier? Can you play your, uh, the song you were, you were singing that you were playing earlier? Megan and I didn't even talk about this tonight at all, uh, but somehow uh, she was reading the same passage that I've been reading all week long. that if you believe in Jesus Christ you will live forever isn't that amazing Gabriel what are you saying what, what, what are you trying to say I'm trying to say Jesus so badly desires to be with you. He came to earth, hung naked on a cross, died, was buried, and then rose again. And then he went to heaven. And then he sent his spirit to us. His Spirit is with us right now to know us, to walk with us, and to lead us to Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is our eternal life. Jesus Christ isn't a ticket to heaven. Jesus Christ isn't a get out of jail free card. Jesus Christ is the person that you were made to know. And as you know him, you will find eternal life. What is eternal life? It's life that lives in you and never dies. And it gives you breath forever. So that when your physical body dies, you will live on forever and ever and ever. Gabriel, I want that. What that looks like is, first of all, because you have put your faith in Jesus Christ and you believed in him and called him Lord, you have that eternal life in you. But Jesus says, you must continue to feed on me. You hear what I'm saying? You must continue to partake of me. You must continue to fellowship with me. You must continue to seek me. You must continue to labor. The same way you labor for the attention from that girl is the same way I want you to labor for my attention. The same way that you labor for the attention from that guy is the same way I want you to labor for my attention. The same way that you run after the food that perishes, I want you to run after me until I meet your every need. And then stay in that place and walk with me and fellowship with me. Why do you call it work, Gabriel? I call it work because your flesh doesn't want to. And it takes a person to stop themselves, to deny themselves and say, you know what? I'm tired of being lazy. I'm tired of sleeping. I'm tired of being slothful. And I'm going to push through and I'm going to press on to be with the person of Jesus Christ. Because I want to know Jesus Christ. And I want to be with him. Not for what he can give to me. Not for what I can get from him. But just for the very purpose of knowing Jesus. I'm saying this. You were made 
to know Jesus, but that takes you to respond to him by pursuing him. When you wake up, do you know why you're desperate for attention? Because you haven't fellowship with Jesus Christ yet. You know, at lunchtime, when you really, really want somebody to just to look at you and tell you look good or something, you know why you're hungry for that? Because you just haven't fellowship with Jesus Christ. You hear what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? I'm saying that you're a hungry soul. And I'm not saying go to Jesus so he can feed you. I'm saying go be with Jesus, and as you're with Jesus, he feeds you. The purpose isn't for you to get food from God. The purpose is for you to be with God and he gives you food. The purpose is not for you to grow and become a better you. The purpose is for you to be with Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm saying the purpose is for you not to grow in your character or in your holiness or in your godliness. The purpose is for you to be with the person of Jesus Christ. The purpose is for you not to think better about yourself. You were made for the purpose of of being an intimate relationship with God the Father and God the Son by the Holy Spirit. That is your purpose. That is God's goal. God's goal isn't to get you to be a better you. God's goal is that he would be intimate with you. That's his goal. That's his goal since Genesis 1, 2, and 3 when he created everything and he hung out with Adam and Eve and since then all the way to the book of Revelation until now, his goal is that he would be intimate with you and that you would be intimate with him. That won't happen unless you pursue him. That won't happen unless you get up early and you die to your selfish need to stay in bed a little longer and you get out of your slumberness and your slothfulness and you spend time with Jesus because he loves you so much. That won't happen unless when you're really struggling and you're down and you're hurting and you're lonely and you don't really want to love Jesus, you don't really want to pursue Jesus, but you do it anyway because he loves you so much. You pursue him. So really, God pursues you and 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 pursues you to love you, to bless you, to enrich you, to be with you. He's pursuing you, but you must pursue him back if you want to know him. I want to know Jesus. with me. Does anybody ever find themselves hungry? Come on, I'm not talking about Moose's food now. Does anybody ever find their soul is hungry? Does anybody ever find that their soul is thirsty? And do you realize when you start laboring for other things, you see what I'm talking about? Do you realize when you start craving for other things? You hear what I'm saying, ladies? Ladies, you hear what I'm saying in the house tonight? You hear what I'm saying? Come on, ladies, you hear what I'm saying? Amen. Do you hear what I'm saying tonight? And there's so many other ways that we do that. But do you realize that the only way your every heart's desire is met is if you're with Jesus Christ? It's all about Jesus. Okay, but that's really a cliche. I know, but it's all that it's about. You mean it's, 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 it's not about me becoming a rock star in the nations and changing the world no it's not about you changing the world at all actually it's just about you knowing Jesus you mean Jesus didn't come for me to change no he came just so you would know him you, you, wait you're trying to tell me that, that it's not really about me getting better in life and being better at things no at all actually it's, it's only about you knowing Jesus and as you know Jesus he makes you a better you and as you spend time with Jesus, you just are transformed and changed because if you spend time with the one who's immutable, him who's unchangeable, you who is changeable is changed. You can't not be with him who's immutable and not change. You will change. So don't worry about changing. Just be with him 
And he'll change you the way he wants you to be changed. Just be with him. So what are you telling me to do? I'm telling you to stir up your faith and to be passionate and pursue Jesus, to stop being lazy, to stop being slothful, and let's be people of God that run hard after Jesus Christ. Let's do that right now for a few minutes. Would you just right now begin to engage your heart with Jesus Christ? I know we've been doing it here and there tonight. I know we started with worship and praise to God. I know you've been hearing me speak for about 40 minutes. Some of you have been engaged in your heart this whole time. But let's be very intentional. Let's pursue Jesus. Let's pursue Jesus. Does anybody want Jesus? Come on, does anybody want Jesus? Do you realize that he's the only one that can meet your every need? Do you realize that? Come on, do you realize that? Then let's pursue Jesus just to know Jesus and be with him. God, Jesus, we love you and we want to know you and we want to press through our selfishness and we want to neglect and die to our laziness and we want to press in to who you are and we want to encounter you for who you are and we want to passionately pursue you until we are completely in love with and saturated with who you are. God, we want to know you. I want to know you, Lord.